0: Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Shea. And I'm Ben Peltier. From cars to furniture to architecture, the German design school known as the Bauhaus revolutionized the way most of the world thought about design. It also brought German design to the forefront of international aesthetics. In part two, we'll be looking at an exhibition called From Bauhaus to Globalization. And in our studio, we're delighted to have metal soprano René Tatum and pianist Wang pei both of whom are currently performing in Hong Kong as part of the Hong Kong International Chamber Music Festival. First, though, You've heard plenty of news on the works about the development of the West Kowloon Cultural District, but the Hong Kong government is also currently trying to redevelop Kowloon East. For the area's artists and musicians though, many of whom moved into underused former factory spaces, the redevelopment isn't entirely
1: welcome. This
2: collective, whose Chinese name translates as gorillas, is made up of musicians from independent bands in Kuantong. They're called gorillas because they play regardless of government regulations. they organized semi-spontaneous concerts in public areas. The area under this flyover near the Kwun Tong waterfront is their favorite spot. They say they want to preserve the area's independent music scene. In the
1: Kwun Tong area, there are a lot of bands that are focused on. If this has been developed a business community, there are a lot of people who are doing it.
2: Last Sunday, they organised a show in protest against an official band show organised by the government's energising Carolyn East office. It had been planned on the same day to inaugurate the venue Fly the Flyover, just next to where this concert took place. But the government's proposed event has met resistance. Bands boycotted the concert, which the authorities now say they've postponed. Local groups See government initiatives in the area as
3: threatening the creative scene. Uh
2: The government plans to make Kowloon East into another central business district, or CBD. The Energizing Kowloon East Office was set up last June to initiate and supervise various development projects in and around Kai Tak, Kowloon Bay, and Kun Tong. In 2001, the government began allowing former industrial spaces in Tong and Kowloon Bay to be used for commercial enterprises. Previously, many creative individuals and organizations had hired former factory spaces here as studios. Since 2001, many new office buildings and hotels have been built in the area. When the new cruise terminal opens in the middle of this year, the pace of development will increase.
3: 我們整個政策是在香港長遠經濟發展的角度
2: the energizing East Kowloon office has organized band shows, street arts, and an organic market. It says that while the ultimate aim is to develop the area as a central business district, it also wants to respect and preserve the well-established creative scene. Local artists and musicians a
1: dubious。觀塘可以作為一個 可能香港最大的一個文化嘅cluster, 就過
2: Hong Kong Culture Monitor worries that the energizing Kowloon East project is just another gift for property developers. There are around 330 industrial buildings in the area. In the independent music scene, around a 1,000 bands are renting premises here as practice rooms. Many artists also have studios here.
1: I don't know how to work. I not work. I to make money, not developing how to to have cultural experiences for people, or anything like yeah. that. And if, if this area gets more expensive, bands, independent
0: p- bands can't afford to rent here.
2: The band Shepherds the Week got together in 2006. They've been renting spaces in industrial buildings ever since. They've moved their practice room a few times, but always staying within the same area on Tai Yip Street where most band rooms are concentrated. No one lives nearby, so they can practice late at night or in the weekend without getting complaints.
0: I think it's interesting that it did uh, com- kind of come about in an organic way that on its own, it kind of sprouted out of you know, this area, right? And I think the government should see that as a health thing, you know, because if you're, if you're from this area, you know, the typical stigma of like, oh, these bands are playing in here. There must be a lot of,
4: mm.
0: a lot of whatever negative things that are happening in this area. You know, it's almost non-existent. Like, even if you go to, to, if you go to a metal show in Hong Kong, it's possibly, you're probably safer <laughs> yeah, yeah. at a metal show in Hong Kong than if you were at yeah. two in the morning in a bar in, in Lang Kwai.
2: Like the artists, bands have got together in the Tong area for low rents, the many practice areas here, and because they want to stay close to live houses like Hidden Agenda. Hidden Agenda has played a central role in the development of the city's independent music scene, but bureaucracy and government policy have long threatened to shut it down.
3: So many years ago, actually, we since 2009,
2: Hidden Agenda has welcomed the bands from the mainland, Europe, Japan, and Taiwan to the venue where they can jam with local musicians. It's become a landmark of the independent music scene. But it's had to move twice because of the land ordinance, under which industrial buildings can only be used for manufacturing. It's received many warnings from the Lands Department and the Fire Department. Kimmy hopes the government will change the law to nourish the creative scene, rather than emphasize giving the area a superficial facelift.
3: 呃, 那, we'll be back after the break. See you then.
0: Welcome back. The Bauhaus not only set the mold for a great many art and design schools, but also changed the course of industrial design, architecture, and even typography. It operated as an institution only from 1919 to 1933, but it has cast a long shadow over international aesthetics and design right up to the present. In the exhibition, German Design Standards from Bauhaus to Globalization, currently on show at the Hong Kong Design Institute, 120 classic and contemporary items tell the story of how the Bauhaus and German design became world leaders.
4: German design on the first side is not very spectacular. Uh, German design uh, functions. The Bauhaus designers and architects, they try to combine design with arts. And I think the secret of of the German uh, uh, design quality is, Germans try to balance tradition
2: and innovation. The exhibition, jointly organized by the Hong Kong Design Institute, Hong Kong Institute of Vocational Education, Die Neue Samlung, and Red Dot Design Museum, emphasizes the Bauhaus as a major influence on German design. But its exhibits date back
4: even further than that. The main title is German Design Standards. And uh, to get the attraction of, of uh, the audience, we subtitled it uh, from Bauhaus to globalization. Uh, but, the, but the exhibition does not just start with the Bauhaus. It starts already
2: earlier. Mm-hmm. The oldest exhibits on show are these Bentwood chairs designed by German Austrian company Thornet in 1885, in an era when design was beginning to merge with industrial production.
5: In the middle of the 19th century, you have the Industrial Revolution, huge changes of society, and changes of economics as well, and people were really in need of furniture. So his idea was to have a mass production of furniture, and he used very innovative technology at that time to bend the wood, and then to produce really lots and lots and lots of furniture, and he exported it all over the world.
2: The Bauhaus, which literally means house of construction, was founded with the aim of making students equally comfortable with art, design, craft and mass production. The school emphasised combining aesthetics and function and was hugely influential. Its heyday lasted two decades until the Nazis rise to power.
5: Partly a sad story because, you know, in the 30s, there was this uh, dictator, Adolf Hitler, and the National Socialist Party that uh, kind of uh, occupied and ruled Germany. And uh, they hated the Bauhaus because they were so international, cosmopolitan, and so um, they shut it down, they closed the school, and the teachers immigrated to different countries. But most of them, over the ocean to America. They founded a new school, a new Bauhaus. And so uh, the closing of the school by the Nazis helped the school to really get international um, influence because from America they influenced the whole world.
2: Among the items on show are products designed by Hartmut Esslinger, he rose to prominence after creating the first full-plastics color TV for a German avant-garde consumer electronics company, Wega, which was later acquired by Sony in the mid-1970s. Esslinger also played a part in creating Sony's global design image. The partnership spanned decades and generated more than a 100 products, including the Mold breaking black box Sony Trinitron television. I was asked
0: to create a crazy TV and I felt it had to be more an object. And because you see, it's easy to operate, everything is visible before. All the
2: operating elements were behind a lid, were really ugly and wacky. And in the early 1980s, Esslinger was approached by Steve Jobs and invited to work in California to design the first generation of Macintosh computer. The key idea was not only, it's not one the Macintosh, it's mm-hmm. Apple, it was a young
0: company 30 years ago, and they were still doing computers like for the office, and they were gray and ugly and clunky, and also when I talked with Steve uh, Jobs, we discussed back and forth, uh, where's the market, and then I said, okay, so, so many people have a computer in the office, but there are billions of people out there who want a computer, you know, so the, the yeah. whole Switch of Apple was from professional to consumer.
2: The exhibition German Design Standards from Bauhaus to Globalization is on show until the 4th of March.
0: soprano Renee Tatum is spending the 2012-2013 season as a member of the New York Metropolitan Opera's Lindemann Young Artist Development Program and has already taken on leading roles with the company. Taiwanese pianist Wang pei Yao made her debut with the Taipei Symphony Orchestra at the age of eight and has since performed throughout the United States, Canada, Europe, and Asia. Over the past week or so, both musicians have also been here to perform in the Hong Kong International Chamber of Music Festival. Hello, Welcome Mira. to the works. Yeah, Thank, <laughs> you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you've already done the big opening concert. What did you perform at that concert?
4: For the opening concert, I believe it was last Wednesday. We started with the set of Gershwin songs, um, part of the journey through the history of music throughout the world. And I had never worked with Pei until this this experience in Hong Kong, and it was quite a natural fit, uh, making music together in a very free way. And we'll move on to more uh, classical music for the next concert.
0: So the the big closing finale concert is tomorrow night. What can you tell me about that?
3: We'll be playing a set of songs by Rachmaninoff, as well as um, a very famous song by Tchaikovsky.
0: Brilliant. Well, uh, that's something to look forward to. You mentioned this is the first time you've worked together, but you're both graduates of the Lindemann or soon-to-be graduates of of the Lindemann Young Artist Program. What was that experience like to go through?
3: It was actually quite intense, but very memorable. I was one of the only two pianists chosen to enter the Lindemann program. Um, In the program, we study from conducting to language lessons, um, even drama coachings, even for pianists like me, so.
0: And how are you finding it as a singer?
4: For a singer, it's very um, difficult to take in all of that advice and input from a million people and learn how to filter and have your own voice, and your own identity, but it teaches you to be very strong in this business, especially to protect yourself and have a voice um, as a strong musician.
0: So as a pianist then, uh, chamber music would be a natural fit uh, for something uh, Something that you would do, would be this type of festival on perhaps a regular basis. But as a singer, it's not so common. Uh, how are you finding the International Chamber Music Festival here in Hong Kong as the only singer?
4: Well, it's quite a treat for me. Um, I'm used to doing big spectacle opera, 4,000 seat theaters, and, you know, that, you lose something in the intimacy of the music, you're kind of, um, it's kind of being spread out amongst the conductor, the orchestra, the director, the production. So this is a chance to be very intimate, to share music-making with instrumentals of the highest quality. Um, I'm very glad to be here with Jimmy Lin and, and everybody else that's here at Payo, And um, it's very special. It's getting back to what music's really about.
0: All right, well, you can rest your voice here for the, uh, <laughs> for the final bit in the program, uh, save yourself for the big gala concert. Uh, but if we, if we could ask you to play a little bit of something, uh, sure. what piece would you like to play for us here in the um,
3: This is a piano kind of a solo reduction of the Tchaikovsky song "None But a Lonely Heart." <laughs>